Writing Matters with Dr. Troy Hicks is a writable podcast. Find more episodes and subscribe on your favorite platforms. And if you want to learn how to grow great writers, check out writable.com. In this episode, Troy speaks with Amber White and Val Bader of North Branch Area Schools in Michigan. Val is a veteran teacher of more than 20 years, currently teaching 7th grade English, and Amber is a curriculum and instruction coordinator, an author, and involved with the Saginaw Bay Writing Project, an arm of the National Writing Project, and the Michigan Reading Association. Amber, Val, and Troy have an insightful conversation around the value of giving students choice, time, and space to authentically grow their writing abilities, and the importance of giving technology a supporting role in the ELA classroom. Welcome to our next episode. Today we're speaking with Amber White and Val Bader, both of North Branch Area Schools, and specifically today they're joining us from Ruth Fox Middle School. Good afternoon. Good afternoon, Troy. Thanks so much for being on today, and I wonder if you could both start by just giving us a little bit of your background and telling us where you're at in your journey as educators. Um, I've been teaching for a little over 20 years, and I am currently in seventh grade English. I had taught third grade for several years, and the last two years I bumped up to seventh grade, so I graduated. I'm honored to be affiliated with North Branch Area Schools. Um, I say I'm a teacher first, right? And so much so that I, I honestly feel like most of the work I've done is a result of working with people with Val, but I'm currently working in a support role with curriculum and instruction, but I'm also affiliated with the Saginaw Bay Reading Project, which has really grown me personally and professionally as a writer, reader, thinker, and lead, leading that writerly life. Fantastic. Well, I appreciate both of you being on. And of course, Amber and I have had a long connection through the writing project and it's great to spend some time with you today. So let's jump right in and um, let's get right to it. Kind of joke with everybody that we could spend a whole hour just kind of talking broadly about teaching philosophy and big ideas about pedagogy, but we'd really like to hear what's working for you. What's working in your classroom right now? What's your go-to strategy? What's the lesson or the activity that your kids have really latched onto and and that's doing well for you this year? Okay. Um, Go-to strategy I use is providing authentic um, opportunities for the kids to write. Uh, Variety is a big thing. Um, Blogging, writing letters to authors, and writing letters to characters. Giving them choice is a big, big value. If they have choice, they put more of themselves into it. So um, when they have independent reading, we connect that with the writing um, and they have a choice. They have a critique uh, choice board that they can make six different choices of how they would really like to give their knowledge in a writing fashion. So, and modeling and breaking everything down is a big part of my strategy. I use my own writing first so that people can, they can see my authenticity, I guess you could say first, then get to know who I am And then I use videos that really tap into their culture because if you don't grab their attention, they're not going to do very much. You're not going to see a true piece of writing. Sometimes doing paired writing, um, that's also another form that I like to do because they can bounce ideas off each other and and they, they just can improve by it and just, I don't know, just. Yeah, beautifully complexifies things, right? I mean, to negotiate writing passages when you're working as dyads or pairs or 
when they're blogging, that's, I, I think I really like that the most, even though I just learned how to do that myself this year, they can make their own blogs and have ownership into it. So when they place a piece of writing on, they take pride in it. So you, you really do get a true voice from those types of pieces of writing. That's fantastic. And Amber, what, what else are you seeing? So Val's doing some really innovative things with technology. What else are you seeing with other uh, teachers in the middle school or across the district? Yeah, I, I want to underscore a couple of things she first said that some common threads that I think are definitely leading to those go-to strategies or things. Number one, it seems like a, a obvious thing, but I would say that idea of just time, that daily, the best strategy is you know, you learn to write by writing and in the trenches and in the field, there are so many things that can put that on the back burner boiling over even off the stove. So I want to reiterate where she said, she, I see Vail and a lot of teachers within the district affording students the time and opportunity to write daily is huge. Um, I'm looking around Vail's room now and another strategy, which we as adults or professional writers like yourself, Troy, when we go to write, a lot of us, we may be at a desk and a chair, but I'm looking around, Vail has flexible seating um, space, you know, allowing writers to kind of personalize their experience by strategy, like what works for me may or may not work for Vail or for you or for our students. And so I think teaching them to be reflective and think about kind of those things. Um, also, you mentioned choice, which those are some underlying currents where it doesn't sound like a strategy, but it is such a powerful strategy when, you know, it's a courageous act to write. And so when students are able to write about things that they care about, they're given the time to do it daily and the space to do so, great things happen. But, um, you know, one other thing I maybe will throw into the mix is something that I see that I think is can't be underestimated is that reading in the genre or studying the genre before writing in it. Mm -hmm. There's some beauty in that. Like you talked about blogging and I know students were given the opportunity to study or look at blog responses or responses to various projects and multimodal spaces, especially that's how they're reading. And we always go back to the infamous New York Times snowfall project where to me, that's a really great example. When that came out, the comments were almost as interesting as the piece it was itself because people were like, what is this? This multimodal space like what has happened to the regular two-dimensional print and I think uh, uh, affording kids an opportunity to study within that genre they're writing is huge and I think today there's such a blending and noticing those attributes on what purpose they serve what skills are needed to do that I, I just think that that's a strategy that I see a lot of people doing where if we're going to write or do some kind of mashup but I also think it allows an opportunity to see not only what is there, but also to dream a little bit and get creative of what would you like to add that's not present. You know, I think about when our students did multimodal wonders, they, they looked and were kind of surprised that there wasn't a work cited part or, you know, they were hyperlinking, but there were different attributes or noticings from studying that, that they wanted to add or refine. So um, those are a couple of things that come to mind that I see you know, going across, giving that time, space, and choice, and definitely navigating and discussing, noticing, and reading those touchstone or mentor texts to kind of craft and, and be a writer. 
That's fantastic. So not to put you terribly on the spot, but I'm wondering what are maybe some of the, the top uh, choices that students are writing about in terms of topic or genre? Do, are there a few that are really kind of bubbling to the surface here uh, this winter? They actually really like to write letters to the author. And I give them the opportunity to write letters to authors or to the character, and it's just a different level. When you're talking to the author, you're talking about author's craft which gives it a little more in depth than talking to the character about dialogue and the events that they had. So it gives them the opportunity to, do you want to go a little more in depth or do you want to have something a little bit uh, surface level that you don't have as much thinking to do? So it's differentiated. So I have special ed kids and just a lot of variety of children that need to, to have a variety of choices. So let me wave my hand here real quick to get the light to go back. <laughs> Yeah, I would agree. Yeah, I mean, working, working across a district in different grades, okay. you see trends that kind of emerge or, you know, sometimes when there's relevant, you know, I think at the higher level, secondary, middle school, sometimes those topics that you see, you know, kids, kids, even in a rural, you know, place like us, they have strong feelings about, you know, what they perceive as rights or human, you know, things for humanity, like whether it be immigration sometimes more lighthearted things, you know, but I think seeing writing is an opportunity to, to use your voice and champion something that you care about and even pushing them to look at multiple angles or sides to something, you know, to stretch their thinking and writing in response to maybe something, you know, taking an opposite side and writing from that is sometimes a challenge our students sometimes have and it's important that they're able to do that to step back in maybe write and think about research from another perspective. At the beginning of the year, we had um, worked on memoirs. And so now we're working on informational. So it's a really big difference in writing, but they're starting to see common factors and they get to choose their topic. I just give the genre and then they choose the topic. Mm -hmm. So one of the activities we did was, and Writable was great with this because I was able to break my, the memoir into pieces, into an introduction, a body, and a conclusion. And they, though, made expert lists on just a several um, topics. So I would say, okay, I want you to make an uh, expert list on people who are important to you and people that you cannot stand. Make a list the next day about um, the places that you love to go or you have really big memories there or things with another day. Pick out some things that you cannot live without. And then they got to choose whatever they wanted to write about. And we did this several times. So we would practice with one and then we do the peer reviews back and forth and then we would go ahead and, and they would say, okay, I'm ready for it to be graded. We did this six different times just with introductions on memoirs and wow. then we had to choose one that they would like to do with the rest of it. And we did the same with the body. So they had a variety of things that they could write about and it was their choice. And I think that's what you're going to hear from me a lot is they get the choice of the topic. I just give the genre. And model what it should really look like, but you get a truer voice because it's coming from them, and it's not me giving a prompt. They, I, they really balk at prompts. It seems like anymore. So I don't know if they're prompt to death or what. You know. <laughs> Unfortunately, there is probably some truth to that being prompted <laughs> to death. So it sounds like you've given students a great deal of flexibility and freedom in the topics that they might be choosing what are those topics? What are they writing about? What are they feeling passionate about right now? Um, some of the kids on their blogs, they 
picked the theme of um, making a difference. And so they chose the different ways of how they wanted to make a difference. And some of them chose a project that would just be focused on one person, but other people chose projects that focused on an organization that would help others. And it all was based on helping other people and community. So that was one of the major things that we had gotten done in the first marking period. Um, the other things that the kids, they really like to argue and we haven't started our argument papers, but they're already picking up on different things that they would like to talk about. Um, last year, it was about the school dress code, but this year it is about wanting to start school later because they're, they need their sleep, you know? So there's a lot of variety of topics that they would like to talk about. And in the informational that we're doing right now, they have a variety of topics. Some of them are right to the point like volleyball, where other ones are specifically talking about um, how you make something because they didn't know how to make the certain thing. So I, they just, there's such a variety of, of topics that they want to write about. So, and they're happy that I'm not restricting them on my, what I want instead. So that's kind of what we're doing. <laughs> So it's wonderful that you're offering so many choices, uh, giving students this opportunity to express themselves through memoirs and through informational, and I'm assuming also through argumentative writing as well. You have them sharing with one another. You have them providing feedback to one another, and of course you're providing feedback to them as well. Can you tell us a little bit about that process? What does the role of feedback play in your writing workshop? I feel it's a key component to a successful writer. If they never hear what they're doing right or wrong, how will they know how to change? And so I use the Writable program. I, that is one of my main programs that I do use. And there's a built-in feedback. So the kids can have peers look at theirs, but at a seventh grade level, they're very social. And they really worry about what other people think about them. So I love the part that they're anonymous. They, the Writable program automatically mixes them up sends out a few to each student. They don't know whose writing it is. So they feel much more comfortable on being able to give feedback without getting any kind of comments from somebody else in a different way. And they're, they look forward to the feedback to their paper. So I really love the writable. I do use the Google Docs as well. It's just another way of feedback with giving comments, but you, that's where they can share with someone that they feel comfortable with, I feel like that they will, they will be able to be okay with that feedback back and forth and not feel self-conscious. But if it's, I think like I could say the writable is a much better way at this age level because of it being anonymous. And then it gives me that factor as well as a teacher. I can be anonymous and go in and make comments without them letting them know that I'm the teacher. But then when it comes down to the last part of the grading, that's when I can put in that then it shows my name instead. So the feedback also with um, making sure that they understand what they're saying to each other. The rubrics are, <laughs> I cannot do without them. They are very straightforward. I teach the rubrics and the expectations, and that's the language the students have to use when they give their comments. It's not the, this is a good job, or this isn't very good, or you don't have comments. They have to actually use what the rubrics say. You do not have a lead. <laughs> you you know or you need more background information i that i really express that, that that is very important so everyone knows what they need to be doing to improve their writing so rubrics are just 
they're the best thing ever. And, the, and Writable has them right there. If you give a student a piece of paper, they lose it half the time at this age level. So having it in the computer right there at all times while they're writing, they can't say they don't know what they're doing. They have a resource that's right there for them. So I really enjoy that. Right, great. When I think about feedback, um, I'm thinking about really whether in Writable, which I've seen firsthand, or even in the classroom, it's community. So what it's creating is there's this common community or writing process groups. And what it's doing is it's anchoring common language to have discussion about writing around, right? So I think to grow the writer, the rubrics you mentioned in Writable, or even using the traits of writing well, we have these common attributes and things. So when I'm talking about voice or I'm talking about ideas or we have this student friendly, teacher friendly, we're able to have this community and space to provide very specific feedback beyond good job. It's actually growing and developing the writing which helps students see that all writing is revision, right? To see it again and so revised means to see it again. And so when I think students are providing that kind of common languaging and talking with it, whether it's in the writing process groups out of a in a notebook or a Google Doc or in Writable, that's huge. I think that language and that it's timely. It's not waiting to the end of the process when we're ready, you know, to not every piece is meant for publishing or to be graded. You know, I think about, you know, some of Peter Elbow's work and, you know, you've got you know, this is just for me. This is for my writing process group I'm going to share. But I do think having that common language and, and what's great about these digital spaces like Writable or Google Doc is that now this feedback, it's malleable. They don't see these pieces as ever completed. Yes, there is a point where we may, but I'm looking at within the district, I've seen kids, which I think is so amazing, take a piece that they worked on in sixth grade and really ramp it up in like a seventh or eighth grade class because it's digital and it's malleable. They're reflecting on and they're seeing that all writing is revision and it can be improved and they're growing as writers. So I think the feedback now with digital spaces has made it more timely, more authentic. But I think there's been a lot of groundwork in really building that shared language to really have deep conversation about, you know, what really is moving in this piece or how I, here's what I'm trying to accomplish. And the, the students, not just the teacher, but all of us together are kind of helping and supporting, you know, that young author or us as adult authors, we experience that as well. You know, it, it just, that's really powerful to have that language to talk about our writing. I think that's been With huge. The writable also, I love the way, you can break it into parts. So that way you can say, I'm only going to grade the introduction or I'm only going to grade that. That is, I can then 109 something students, I can actually get them all graded, get them to them in a timely manner. And I can also still reflect. So when I go in and I'm looking at all their pieces and then I go ahead and I make comments to them and they have the time to go back and revise. And then I have time again to go Breaking that into little pieces on the writable is amazing. I, it helps me be able to do a, a much better job on feedback to the well, students you, in a timely manner. Wouldn't you say, too, like a lot of the students beyond the school day? I mean, I, I think a big part of, you know, you read articles, are kids reading less? Are they reading more? And, and it's taking on a different shape with social media and different things. And I think a lot of these 
spaces that we need to kind of embrace in the school systems. I, I think like example even writable, these kids are doing these things beyond the day, which I think that, that says a lot that they're taking it, caring about it, they're writing about things they're passionate about. It, it doesn't just stop when you're leaving the school door. And I think that's really important. When we're blogging, we, I also have the opportunity through EduBlogs to look at the comments before they post them. So that way I can see, I can give them feedback on, okay, let's look at that sentence structure a little bit better there. You know, we don't want to have that lowercase I showing, you know, that kind of stuff. So I have feedback in other ways as well besides writable. But my main use is writable with my writing. So. And I think sharing, I mean, I don't, I, I think this is another under, I mean, sharing your writing and reading it aloud to somebody and just getting that organic in the moment where somebody questions or just says, you know, this resonates with me. It gives that writer that affirmation or something to ponder. And I just think having those opportunities to just meet with a regular group of community, um, to share where you're at and to get that feedback is, you know, how we are going to grow, you know, continue to grow the writers and, and the writing in the process. Yeah. One thing I'd like to pick up on just as I've heard kind of as a theme throughout both of your comments there is that the technology enables you to do something um, that is already started in the classroom. You've created this culture of respect and community and the students are able to then use those tools to build on that and provide that feedback in those really thoughtful and substantive ways, much more than just a, hey, good job, or I liked it, but actually to, um, respect what their classmates are doing and provide some thoughtful, meaningful feedback that will help move them forward. So that's really wonderful. So as we think then about what keeps you going each day, um, uh, I, I know Amber and I used to joke it was Diet Coke uh, to some extent, <laughs> but I'm sure, I'm sure that there's probably other things that, that fuel uh, each of you as a teacher of writing, even as writers, uh, what is it that drives you? What are your passions and, and what, what keeps you going in the world of education? I just love helping kids. I remember the teachers that I had who stood out to help me and I wanted to be just like that teacher. I didn't know I wanted to be a teacher till later on down, you know, until actually after I had my own two children. And so I was out of school 10 years before I became a teacher and I just felt I wanted to give something back to the kids to help them. And especially kids who slipped through the cracks or the kids who uh, everybody looked at the behavior. So I wanted to get underneath it all and to see and get to know my kids and give them a way to express themselves and express themselves in different ways. And so what gives me going is if they give me a smile or, oh yeah, I get that, that's what keeps me going. Then I'm like, okay, they got that so we can move on, this is good. So. I mean, that's, that's what makes me as a teacher. I love my kids. I love helping my kids. So <laughs> that's all it is for me. <laughs> I can definitely tell just by the way that you're talking and, and sharing these stories. How about for you, Amber? What, what keeps you moving? No brains, kids and colleagues like this and yourself. I mean, networking, you know, I think has been huge as well professionally. I think this is, this is, very important, very challenging work in teacher professionals now. I think, I don't know anybody who works harder. I don't, I have friends who are, are you know, doctors, lawyers, and uh, teachers work so, so 
you know, every waking second moment, they are living, breathing the work. There's like not an off switch. And it's time and heart. Yeah. That's put into it. Not just time, it's time and heart. But I, but I think it's also these professional networks of people who are equally excited, whether it be you're part of a writing project or, you know, NCTE or our local would be Michigan Reading Association. I think these professional organizations um, or online communities are just really integral in keeping us fueled and intellectually nourished in work that is extremely challenging. And, you know, I think reading sometimes for me, it's not a thing you do. It's a place you go. It is 100% escapism <laughs> and reading. I love that to this day. It's just one of my favorite quotes. She always says reading is the inhale, writing is the exhale. And I think so much of our language is lifted from our professional communities and the books that we read. And so I really find a lot of solace and comfort and tranquility in reading and networking and, you know, staying connected with people like yourself or talking throughout the day with colleagues on problems of practice that we have and that creativity that we have in our job to be, you know, problem solvers and think, how can we do this differently? Like, it's never the same lesson. You might be doing the oh, same <laughs> learning goals, but how do we extend, enhance, and engage the learner in ways, you know, whether it's using multimodal spaces or improve things. And that, that's exciting. And that's very, for me, that's totally fuel for the souls, how to get <laughs> creative in this work and really make it fun for students and, and help them see that reading is escapism, that writing is more, you know, it, yeah, it's a way to think about things. It's a way to put things out in the world and be, you know, not just a consumer, but somebody, a creator into the global pool of knowledge. So to me, you know, we're very fortunate to be in work, but it is, you're, that's an excellent question. I mean, there's blog after blog, like how do you stay nourished? And I think it's doing like what we're doing now. It's exciting. We talk, it, it keeps us motivated and, and driven to do good work for you know, our future. So learned a lot this year. <laughs> Always trying something new. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. And it helps the kids. <laughs> absolutely. Yeah. That's definitely one of my mantras. We're all learning all the time. So it sounds to me like there's, again, a lot of joy and a lot of learning that happens in your school. Do you have an example of something that you've gone through uh, recently, uh, maybe related to technology and, and how you've been a learner in your own professional life and in your classroom? Yeah, the last two years I have been a learner in my classroom. I have learned how to blog so I can teach my students how to blog. And that was, I felt at first very traumatic. So I know what the kids are feeling when I bring something new to them and they have that wide-eyed look because I had the same wide-eyed look. Um, I have learned how to use Google Docs, Google Classroom, it all in a matter of two years, just because I jumped in with both feet and said, okay, kids, here we go. And I think they, they like that also because then they know that I have felt the same thing they have felt on learning something new. So education has changed and uh, changing all the time with it. So that's what teachers do. Indeed. So... Well, I really appreciate your time today and having been in North Branch and been at Ruth Fox, I, I know the kind of culture that you have there and I, I appreciate the work that you're doing with kids and that you find joy in it and find joy in working with one another. So thanks so much for your time. Thank you, Troy. Thank you, Thank you very much. 
Writing Matters with Dr. Troy Hicks is a writable podcast. Discover more episodes and subscribe on your favorite streaming platforms. Or check out filmed episodes on YouTube. Writable offers more than 600 writing prompts and assignments with a range of feedback and assessment tools to help you build more purposeful, proficient writers. Learn more at writable.com.